Thank you so much, Monica, for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. Welcome to the Playroom, first of all, and shout out to Podmatch. There, there is so much that we're going to talk about. I'm, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, before we even go further, let people know where you're from and who you are. And let's, let's have a little, you know, break session, a break ice session so that people don't be like, oh, wow, what's going on here? Who are we going to talk about this time? <laughs> yes. So I am Monica Snyder and I have um, a, currently a digital marketing agency and we're transitioning to courses and coaching. Okay. I actually have been in the internet marketing space for Gosh, a little over a decade now. I made my first money online back in 2009. Wow. With affiliate marketing. I know, right? And so I have done most of the stuff on the internet. I'm also a software developer. I've been coding since I was eight years old, so that's 35 years now. And I've built some big companies' websites. And when I was doing that, you know, I really just wanted to travel, see the world, and they had so much control over my time that I was like, oh, I can replace my six-figure developer salary um, out on my own. So I left corporate America, completely failed, <laughs> did not replace my salary quickly, oh. uh, wrapped up a lot of debt trying, and then thought to myself, okay, this isn't working. So I actually took a consulting job back at um, back in California, where I spent a lot of time, but about 10 years in Los Angeles. Okay. And then... Um, and then inside, you know, hustled and, and built a bunch of software, paired up with a marketer who understood how to sell things and then realized that, like, I don't know how to sell things. And that's why I was failing as an entrepreneur. And so now I am a certified marketer and I help people build sales funnels and online courses and software. Wow. So huh, you just mentioned online courses and I had a light bulb here because we, we have a, a Pinterest and SEO marketing club on Clubhouse. And we and we also have a Pinterest marketing online course, and there's always been this discussion going on about online courses, memberships, mentorships. You know, these are new words to people, and they're also buzzwords in in this time and age we're in. So, if somebody is really looking for a course, what because the, there's a there's a sea of courses now. <laughs> so, yes. how do you? filter out what you actually need compared to what you actually know is out there because of the pricing model or things that actually have to do with your decision making? That is such a great question. And I would say that you need to decide what your goals are. And so the way that you would do that, if you know what you kind of want to do, right? Like say you want to build a membership, right? So go find the person out there that's teaching membership. And if you get into that and you're like, oh, I'm not really sure about that, then, you know, go back and, and do that. I like to buy the lower ticket products to just get a taste of it. And then if you can also look forward at you know, sort of what the people in that space, what their life looks like and make sure that that's what you want. Um, so, for example, if you wanted to learn, there's so much, there's so many ways to make money online, right? But some of the yeah. big ones are selling physical products, right? Like e-commerce selling digital products or courses. Um, and then there's, you know, coaching and consulting, there's affiliate marketing, right? And so out of those, I'm just going to stick with those four. Okay. Like what does their day-to-day -day life look like to make money? And is that something that you want to do? Mm. Right. So like, if you hate being on Instagram, don't go be an influencer and then don't go buy a product on how to become a better influencer. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right? Now, like e-commerce, right? What's great about that is like, you don't necessarily have to be the face of your brand. You can be, but you don't have to be. Right. So if you are sort of, you know, shyer or more of an introvert, then I would say lean that way and then go find a, a lower ticket course. You know, you can start with Udemy to get um, just a taste of those. And they run sales all the time for like $15. And you can see the reviews and see what people are saying. And then you can get a taste for that. Um, and so that's what I recommend. But then, you know, get out of Udemy pretty quickly and go to people who are the experts that are in there doing the work and that have done the work and that have the proven systems because, um, you know, Udemy doesn't allow you to like grow in one person's ecosystem and like really, you know, expand your knowledge and do all those things. So that's what I would say. It's like first figure out what you want to do, which is kind of hard if you don't know what you want to do. 
YouTube is great for that too. Um, but also just like look at the work, you know, like if you look at a YouTube video, you would be like, oh, well, they made a video. Well, stop and think like what all do you think went into that, right? They had to get a camera. They had to get equipment. They had to, they had to put together a script. They had to put, you know, all this stuff. And if you're like, well, I don't know, guess what? YouTube, how do you make a YouTube video? And they will tell you. Right. So, yeah. So that's what I would say. I see a lot of people like spend a lot of money because they don't really know what they want to do. Um, and the other thing I would say is like, do not believe that you will make a million dollars in 21 days. Like, that's just. Please tell them again. <laughs> do not believe that you will make a million dollars in 21 days. Now here's like that can happen. I, don't get me wrong, but it's like people who have been doing it for years make that happen and like have all this expertise, right? Like there's no way you would like go to Hollywood and expect to be, you know, Tom Cruise overnight but for some reason in marketing and digital marketing people think that that is a reality and i'm like okay right right that makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of tension going on when it comes to picking the right online course and even when i was doing research on my course for pinterest marketing i got to realize that there's a lot of information people don't even know because you may buy a course for 997 for example and that course is a 2013 edition. Now, you can't even contact the customer service line or, you know, you can't even reach out to them because there's no support. So when somebody is looking out for these courses, what are the things that they should look out for that are like red flags? But at the same time, they know that this is something that if I pay my money to, I should be expecting something back. Because there's also this idea. I was, also talk, I was listening to Seth Godin talk about how people buy courses and they don't complete them. And I've heard it across the board. Think about universities. Think about schools. Just the normal system of getting something started and getting something done. So how how does that play a role in your, your positioning? Because like you said, you have to know what you're looking for. But how do they end up being in that space where they can express themselves fully? Okay, so you just asked a lot of questions there. I'm going to try to get them all. How do you know if, basically, if somebody is trustworthy enough to invest your money with? Yeah. And I would say that, you know, if, there's a few indicators. First of all, do they have some sort of guarantee, right? Like, is there a 30-day back money-back guarantee? You know, are they promising, you know, some crazy results? Because I think that that is a red flag. Is If they're like, everyone can make a million dollars from my Pinterest course that we did in 2013. Okay, well... Yeah, no. Um, right. You know, and, and see if they're keeping that course up to date. If you're going to invest something like $1,000, now look, I think you should invest $1,000 in something that really interests you. Make sure that you have the time set aside to learn and then make sure that there is some sort of level of support where you can get unstuck when you get stuck. Because mm. you will get stuck. And that's what's so great about like colleges and universities is that you have a professor there, right? Right. That's going to help you when you get stuck. So if you're new, one of the best things that you could do is not just buy a course, is actually to get into a group coaching course kind of program, right? That's maybe like three months long where you're, you have a specific outcome. So say you wanna you know, build a specific kind of like a webinar funnel or something. Yeah. Well, building a webinar funnel is a lot of things. So you would definitely want someone there to help you along the way. Yeah. And if you've got a community of people there as well, then it's so great because you can ask them as well because people you know have different talents within a community like i'm very good at tech right and maybe you know you are super excellent at pinterest i suck at pinterest right but if we're in the same community we can help each other out yeah. in our strengths and then you get unstuck that way so i would say you know look for community and look for if this person is active you know someone on social and you know they don't have to be 1000 percent active because you know, there's ways to build systems without being on social media all the time. Exactly. But can you contact them? Reach out to them. Send an email. Do you get a response? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so they should be responding to you. Um, that way you know if their customer support is there. Exactly. And I believe that if somebody is able to really know what they're looking for as a business rather than just an investment, then there's that expectation that is also carried with it because if you're hearing oh this person is the best in this and then you get into the course and you don't see the same result 
then you start doubting their expertise and you don't want that to happen because now you start losing trust. You want your money back. You're still in the same position and there's no growth. So there has to be that correlation between how you, you can build that course for yourself and how you can actually extend that. So for you in terms of automating, because another thing you mentioned was webinar funnels and webinars are intense. <laughs> They're very intense, but I love them too. Because that's where you can get that interpersonal, uh, interpersonal communication system going. But in terms of automating, how to how do you automate businesses with systems that you can be able to balance and do other things at the same time so that it doesn't take your time or your money or your resources? Yes. So, so when you plan, yeah, it, it really comes down to a lot of planning. Set aside time to create those business systems. And what I like to do is make sure that you have a specific outcome that you have in mind. So I'm going to tie this back to courses too, because in courses, you generally learn someone else's system, right? right. So you have a system for Pinterest, right? Like right. there's a certain set of things that you do all the time and you, you know, probably have revised that over time, right? Because the thing about systems is that they evolve. Um, and a good example of that is like McDonald's, right? Yeah. Like when they make you a cheeseburger, now it is, you know, pretty much on demand. You order and they make the cheeseburger. But it didn't used to be that way. It used to be that they pre-made the cheeseburgers and that they would hand them to you. Right. Right. And then McDonald's, it used to be probably that they cut their own fries from potatoes like years and years ago. But now they're like packaged and frozen and shipped. Right. And so the system brings consistency. But they can always be improved upon for efficiency. And so that the outcome is still the same, right? Like you have a French fried potato at the end of the day, right? Right. So start with, <laughs> I want a French fried potato, right? Okay. Well, how do you get there? Well, you cut up a potato and you put it in some grease and you fry it, right? Right. Um, okay. Well, how can I make that more consistent for my customers? Well, if I had a potato cutter where I just push down on the potato, right? And then, well, there's the potato itself, right? Can I make it more consistent? Right, like how do you bring those elements and make consistency given whatever tool set you're using? Mm. Um, you have Pinterest. Well, then, you know, the, the platforms themselves change. So for Pinterest, right, it's like, yeah. oh, well, they did something different. So now I've got to create a new system, right? But maybe part of Pinterest is creating a visual graphic. Right. So maybe you had a path to do that. And then you're like, well, it would be more efficient if I just, you know, did it this way and I started using a tool maybe like Canva or maybe you started doing something that's like an outsourced designer or maybe you hire a designer, right? So those are all ways that it's like, you still get the same outcome. It's like the graphic for Pinterest, but how do you make the system behind it better? And it's the same thing, you know, people don't buy your Pinterest course because they want to learn Pinterest. They want the outcome of whatever Pinterest gives them, which is traffic, right? Right. So your system is actually selling traffic but so are a bazillion other systems, right? So what makes yours better? Well, Pinterest has got a lot of really cool things about it, right? Right. So, you know, but then again, go back to what I said earlier. It was like, do you want to do the work to create pins? Like, I believe, and you can correct me, this is your expertise, but like Pinterest seems to be very into like, they don't mind if you link to the same content as long as your pins are different. Yeah, spot on. Right. Okay. So then the name of the game, one of the name of the games in Pinterest is to like create a lot of visual graphics. So like if I were looking at your course, I, cause I'm so systems driven and I know myself, yeah. I'm going to be looking to see if you've got a system in place that's pretty hands off for me. Right. Yeah. And that would help me influence to buy your course. So there's me combining like what I know I want. I want the traffic from Pinterest. I know that you have a system. Do I think your system will work given my 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 constraints, right? Like I'm not a graphic designer. So, right? So then you'll probably give me templates to help with that. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, You're very yeah. right. I like I really like how you said that because now it makes it makes the course not sound like a chore. It's more like a challenge now. Well, okay. So in your course, how do you as a course creator turn those challenges into fun things to make sure people complete? Okay, that's a great question. <laughs> I would I would definitely say that I give people uh, an, a huge vast of plugins, extensions, websites that I don't talk about on platforms like this because I realize that 
if you give somebody a platform, they'll say thank you and then they'll go use it and then they'll come back and ask you how to use it. So I decided, <laughs> let me give you guys an array of, of platforms that you can work with. And then if there's any platform that you actually are interested in, because you may be interested in one platform and somebody may be interested in another platform. So I don't want to give you something you don't need, but I give you everything there like a buffet. And then now you come back to me and say, hey, I, I heard you talk about XYZ. Can you help me with this? And then I now use that to now give you a design and content strategy, which is also part of the module to now create that for yourself. And then I, I have a weekly check in. To say, hey, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you have a problem? Okay, let's solve it. And then before you even get to running an ad, you already have organic traffic running for you. See, you have a system. You just explained it. Correct. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. And you help people with support. There's lots of ways that you help people get through all that stuff. So, yeah. I think that's amazing. Exactly. Thank you. And, and this is also something that will really, really trigger a lot of online business coaches, creators, and content you know, distributors. How, and this is a question everybody keeps asking, how do you move from a six to a seven figure online business? Because you mentioned courses, memberships. These are amazing things people can do, especially affiliates. People don't see the, the, especially like YouTube and affiliates. Those are big things. People don't see the back end. Amazon is there. But how does someone turn their business online from a six figure to seven figure? Wow. That's a really good question. Um, so the way to do that, you're not going to like my answer, but uh oh. <laughs> is uh, through planning and specifically budgeting and forecasting. So you got your, you got your business to six figures and you, I mean, you can kind of do that haphazardly, right? Six figures is about 10,000 a month, a little bit less. Um, and so if you're, if you're out there and you're selling stuff, it's like, Oh, you can try this and you can try that and you can try all this stuff. And it sticks enough, right? It's like if you show up enough and you put enough energy in, you'll get to six figures. But usually six figures, you don't really have your systems dialed in. You don't have um, you don't have things in place. And what I found that really helps dial that in and bring in team members, because you're going to have to hire. Um, I don't know. I know of like two businesses that have like the solo person and then the person that they've hired. Okay. And it's like the VA. But it's very rare to run a seven-figure business um, with just like one other team member. It can be done, but it's rare. And so you're going to have to learn how to hire, which means you've got to learn how to hire, how to manage team, how to do all this stuff, right? You also have to learn how to manage a business at that point, as opposed to like a side hustle. Right. right? So you actually need to level up like personally. So at this point you need to be looking for a coach that's been there. You need to be looking for, you know, books. You need to be reading things on how, you can increase your capacity for delegation, yeah, um, things like that. So I find that a lot of people like get stuck in the hiring and they get stuck in the outsourcing because they do it poorly and they expect their outsourced person to just come in and understand their business when really mm. you don't have your systems defined. It's like a haphazard, you know, combobulated thing to get to six figures. But then like to seven figures, you got to systemize, you got to hire people to run those systems and you then at that point need to be looking at like a dashboard and being the voice and the driver and the visionary right. person as opposed to the person doing the work. You'll, at that point, a lot of like $1 million businesses are still like the owner is still doing a lot of the work. Don't get me wrong. But you have to like step up and lead as well. And then a lot of that to me comes together in budgeting and forecasting. So when you budget, you budget for team members and you budget for all these things that you want to do. And then you have to like build like the forecast which says like, I'm going to make enough money to pay for all that. Right. Well, how do I do that? Okay. Well, maybe I need to add another course. Maybe I do need to add an affiliate program, right? Like maybe I need to add, you know, to bring traffic to mine, or maybe I need to promote somebody else's stuff because I don't have the bandwidth to create another course. Right. So mm. that's, really long-winded answer that no, I hope it no it definitely helps because when someone thinks about seven figures they don't think about themselves only they now think about a consistent flow of work that requires dedicated commitment and dedicated access to whoever your niche audience is because like you said i can run a seven-figure business by myself i'll i'll burn out because the demand will be so high 
of course you're getting your returns but you're not getting any impact because now you have to leverage and that's where people really fall out so do you think that it's a mindset thing or do you think it's a thing that requires like you said mentorship and prolonging that plan um, I think it's both okay. because you normally, it's, it's really hard to change your mindset when you don't see sort of behind the scenes or what's really happening, right? When you only see someone's like Instagram or their YouTube, you're seeing the result of like all this behind the scenes stuff that you don't see, right? right? And then so many of us are not taught money things correctly, right? Like we have so much scarcity belief around money. We have so many just beliefs around money. Like, um, you know, I'm from the South. And so down here, when I started making more money than most of my friends and family, um, you know, I was getting too big for my britches, right? And oh. people would literally say that to me. Like they would say, oh, well, you're getting too big for your britches. Like, you know, it's like, because they aren't pushing themselves. This is actually something people don't talk about a lot. Is the other thing from six to seven figures is like, you kind of turn over, um, not turnover, that's a bad word, but, you have to change the way most of your friendships and relationships are because okay. those people unintentionally, they're not trying to harm you. They just, they haven't been doing the stuff you've been doing and they don't see the vision that you have for yourself. They just see you changing mm. and they don't like it because that reflects to them that they're not changing. And also that, you know, you, they, they're starting to feel left behind. Right. And so right. that's why the mindset stuff comes in because you know, even, you know, even my parents were like, they just wanted me to go to the community college, which, you know, most parents are like, go to college, right? Like mine were like, no, stay at the community college. Like I had actually fight to go to college. Um, wow. Because I had a bigger vision for myself that I have amazing parents. I'm not trying to put my parents down. They're uh, incredible. Um, but like, you're going to have people in your life that do that stuff to you. And so if you have a mentor, that mentor can see that because they have been there. Right. We like I've gone through that, you know. I have had the battle my friends. I um actually the best example I have of this. So I'm a software developer, right? We're, we're pretty well paid. And I actually got a job offer when I, and I told you I was like broke and racked up a lot of debt. I got a job offer for $65 an hour. Which is a lot of money, right? Especially I grew up in a small town in Missouri. A lot of money. Mm. And I but I knew that this job would like suck my will to live. Like it was such a stressful job. I could just tell from the interview and I turned it down, but I had to go to my aunt whose house I was living in for free. I wasn't able to pay her rent. Like I was supposed to, but I wasn't able to, I had to go say, I just turned down a job for $65 an hour because I believe in this bigger vision that I have for myself. Wow. Right. That is hard. Like, and so that's when I moved. Actually, I went back into corporate. I got a job consulting that did not take my brain power for $65 an hour and um, used that to fund the rest of the stuff. Paid my aunt back plus a little extra. And, you know, now things are good. But, like, that moment you got to look at your family in the face and, like, be like, I'm believing in my dreams more than, you know, what what's going on in our dynamic. Ooh. Wow. That's a that's a deep one, honestly, because that just means that to them, they see that immediate response or that immediate gratification. But you see it, but you see beyond it. And that's where people really fall out because they'll be like, OK, I'm going to get comfortable for five years and then see what happens. Make that money save. You know, people always have that thing of, yeah, I'll save the money and then do it later. But the time you're, you're, you're spending is not going to come back. In those five years, you may have a kid, you may, you know, you may have a new business venture, you may have something, a relationship partner. So things change. But when you think about leaving corporate America, like you said, to start your own business and the journey that it took you to get you where you are, it was definitely a bumpy road, like like you've mentioned. <laughs> but that bumpy road has made you into who you are and you've become refined. So Tell us more about how it started and where you are today and what you see, especially for 2021. Yeah, so I started, I left corporate and again, I was making six figures as a developer. Software developers are well paid. And um, <clears throat> and so a lot of my family and friends thought I was insane because they're like, why are you leaving this like nice job? Because everybody's like, you know, go to school, get a job. Right. And I actually, it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. 
that made me realize that there, there's actually another path. And so I, I don't remember exactly when I read that book, but then I started going to like they had like meetups and stuff for his stuff. And I just like my mind shift, my mind shifted, but it took, it wasn't like it was overnight, right? It's not like one day I made this decision. And then I remember um, one of the things that he says is that a job is just overbroke. Um, it's like an acronym for just overbroke. Because right. if you lose your job, and the other thing that he really teaches is like a job is not secure because you don't know how to make money on your own. Mm. Now, I, like it's like this thing. It's like, oh, I get that. Like you, you hear it and you're like, you get to give me an mm, right? But then there's like this gap between like internalizing it and like understanding it. And when that gap closes is when you actually believe it enough to make decisions based on it. Okay. And sometimes it happens quickly, but sometimes like for me, it's just like, like I've been taught this for so long. So that's what I, I had to realize. So I, it just took a long time. And then also there's skills, right? Like I don't know how to run a business and that's why I failed because I went out thinking that like, Oh, I could partner with people and um, that I could trust them to do the work that they were supposed to do. And I've had good partners and I've had bad partners. Um, the majority of the thing is like, even if you have a partner, you need to understand what's going on. And you need to understand sales. You need to understand marketing. You need to understand how money is getting in the door. And you need to understand like how that happens on a regular basis. And you also need to understand your customers and what problem you're solving for them. What problem right. you're really solving for them, right? Not the problem that you think that you're solving for them. Um, because that, I see a lot of businesses, you know, mess that up, right? So like, for example, the first business I started was supposed to do like e-commerce for like C-level sports people, right? Like. If you were in the sport, you knew their name, but like, you know, if you're not into basketball, you wouldn't know this person's name, right? Right. And, um, and, and I didn't realize that I was selling like fandom, right? Like it's like love of fandom. And also I had a person who was supposed to like be getting the contracts in place with these athletes and like, they just weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. My first inclination was to like blame him, right? It was like, oh, it's his fault. And then I was like, okay, no, I read this great book called um, Extreme Ownership by um, Jocko and Leif Babin. I don't know if you're familiar with this book, but if you're not, get it. Um, and they're like, no, everything comes to you because you're the only thing you can control. Mm. And so then it's like, okay, well, then it needs to be my vision and my stuff. And I need to learn how everything works and goes together and create, you know, the team, right? Like, so. I'm the general manager, right? Like I'm not the pitcher on the baseball team. I am the right. general manager to make sure I get the best pitcher because I can't pitch. I can't even throw. You don't even want to see me throw. It's terrible. But <laughs> like, so that was sort of the evolution. Yeah. I'm, I'm now, sorry, let me get back to your question. Now I, now I find it hard not to make six figures, which sounds a little obnoxious. Um, but I did sell my company. I've sold two companies now. Um, and so now, you know, I sort of restarted last year from scratch, uh, quickly made it to six figures just because like now I know, like now I just know how to do that really quickly and I'm working my way to seven figures. So the way that I'm doing that, um, I had some limitations with my last sale and like what I could do. And so I worked within those boundaries and now those are over and now I get to do porches and uh, create products and like all this fun stuff that I'm really excited to do and coach people because I love helping people. That's an amazing success story. Congratulations on selling your two companies as well. Thank you. You're welcome. That's really, really good. Now, somebody is probably thinking, okay, I can do the same thing too. Yeah, that's easy. You know, but, so when they think about the, the process, because you already have a system, like we've mentioned in the beginning, that system works. And when the system works like your car works, you can get to where you're going with no hassle. <laughs> so... So when you think about your system, do you think about pixels and advertising campaigns or is it all organic? Because now that's where the, the bridge is between organic and paid strategies. So I start um, with organic okay. and referrals and people I know. Um, one of the best things that you can do is create a network of humans that know, like, and trust you and that will refer you. Um, when you need money because the, the fastest way to money is me using my hands to do something for you right you run the pinterest advertising right like you do this that's the fastest path that i know to money um which means you have to have a skill set to do that right now if you don't have that skill set go get it i mean that's what college is for that's that all these online courses will give that to you right but then you have to be confident enough to go out and get a client in it again that's the fastest path and then what happens generally 
and the evolution of this bus, this business model, which is like the coaching, consulting, you know, internet marketer, guru kind of space. Yeah. I hate the word guru, but I couldn't think of another one. Um, like you do it for other people, right? You have your own system, you build it, you build it, you coach other people, you help them. Then maybe you move into group coaching so that you help more and more people. And then what, what happens when you do that is that you start to see how different people interpret what you say. Mm. Right. And so once you see like, okay, well, you just heard that in a way that I didn't intend for it to be. So there's some misinterpretation. So how do I dial in that messaging or create a system around it? So a calendar is a system, right? So can I give you a calendar system to make it crystal clear what I expect from you? Right. So for like my coaching clients with a webinar funnel, like I start them at the big picture, like, hey, this is what we're doing. But then when it's time to write that one email, I have a template for them. So that they have as little room for error as possible. But I didn't start with giving them a template. I started with giving them like, hey, like email one is this, email two is this, email three is this. But they would screw that up. <laughs> and so then my system wouldn't work. So it's like, again, it's like sort of goes back to McDonald's. It's like, well, how do I make the output, which is that email, more consistent for more people? Right. You dial that in. And once you sort of have dialed that in, then you're ready to put it into an online course where more people can buy it because um, I had a teacher use an analogy. Um, basically, like, you know, one-on-one is like you and me talking, right? That's very different even than like, uh, like think of a small room of like 20 people. Like you would present your information differently to try to get all of them to the same destination. Right. But then an online course is like a stadium, right? So like you can't think of, um, you know, you, you can't deliver the information the same way as you would. Like, I would need to give you like that. Like if you were in a stadium with me and I wanted you to write an email, like I would have to like, I mean, you have your phone, so I would just like give you a template, but I could also hand you a piece of paper, right? Write right. stuff in and a pen. But what if I just handed you a piece of paper and you didn't have a pen? Exactly. So then you would improve that. And then that's how it would do. So that's sort of the evolution. It's like, you're doing one-on-one, one to a small group, and then one to like a bazillion. When you hit to the stadium level, just like rock stars or football players or anything else, that's when you get into the big money. Exactly. And and like you said, a very key point that you mentioned there is the no like trust factor. Now, you said organic too. Organic is where they know you. Organic is where they like you. And then organic is where they trust you. And then when you get into the paid segment, that's when they're able to, you know, get that conversion value. So for you, like you mentioned, I don't think you mentioned anything paid. So if it's all no. organic, if it's if it's all organic, then everybody can do it in some way. But at the same time, you need to know how to place it. So where does someone even start? With organic? Yeah. Okay, so pick your favorite platform. Um, and I'll use Facebook as an example. I haven't talked about Facebook yet. And start getting into Facebook groups. Facebook's one of the easiest ones because it's got groups, right? Right. And so you can actually go have conversations in those groups and go find out what people are saying. So if you want to help, so say, you know, you want to help um, teenage boys, right? Well, then Facebook's probably not the best place because they're not really there. But where are they, right? What communities are they? Like the, the internet has brought us like the ability to find our people. So maybe they're on Reddit, right? So instead of Facebook, you decide, okay, I'm going to go to Reddit because that's where my people are. Go find the, the teenage boy things or the problem that they're having and see what's going on. Yeah. Now, teenage boys is like very vague. So maybe it's like teenage boys who want to have a Twitch channel so that they can make money, right? Because that's what they all you know think it's easy. Right. Um, right? And so then like, okay, so what are their problems, right? Well, they don't understand that having a successful channel like that is actually like engineered, right? They just think this kid is showing up playing. But no, like he creates storylines just like in reality television. Right. Right? So like, you have to first get them to realize that. So you can say that, like, so post something. Just be like, do you understand that, like, this Preston guy is actually, like, creating stories so that you want to pay attention to, like, this? And he probably has a second character called Noob that he's playing with, right? Like, I don't know that for a fact, but, right? <laughs> yeah. My into this, so. But it's like, you know, he's got a storyline. So then the, the person reading that's like, oh. <gasps> what and you gave them an aha moment and right. now they know i can trust you and now you can be like yeah i have this program that teaches that i mean that's really blunt but <laughs> you know yes. help first serve first and then they're gonna ask but if so if in your profile you're like hey here's my thing they're gonna go check that out right um and then you have to have a really good sales page and sales mechanism or webinar to convert them through 
you know, all those good things that we know about psychology. Exactly. I love how you mentioned the room stadium effect of things, because when you think about a room, it's more intimate. But when you think about a stadium, it's more impactful in a way. So when you think about those two, how do you build relationships and revenue with your audience from both levels? Because each level has a journey and each person in the room has their own individual journey. So for all of them to get to that destination that you expect them to, how do you build that relationship? Is it on a one-on-one coaching? Is it a group coaching? What is the way that can really put them in that place where they can really say, okay, I'll give Monica all my dollars so that I can be able to be better by this time next year? Well, the way that they give Monica all their dollars is that they like me and they like my approach. Okay. Right. And they like the things that I do for them. And in a one-on-one level, we can get granular and really detailed into you and your personality. So like, for example, I, I'm working one-on-one with a client right now and she asked me about this specific thing in a webinar. And I was like, for you, the answer is no, because you don't have the bandwidth right now. Like I very personally know what's going on in her life. Okay. So I can advise her differently than a stadium, right? In a stadium, like it's like you follow the formula because there's no room for personal interpretation, you know. And so the people in the stadium know, like, and trust me more because I give them consistency. So I want you to think about um, who's your favorite artist. I'll just, I'll just say there are a lot, but I'll go with Kendrick Lamar. Okay, Kendrick Lamar. I don't even know that one. So, but like. You know, they started just like any artist, like they start in a small room, right? And then they play out stadiums. But by the time they get to the stadium, they've literally played that song a gazillion times. Right. right? Like, I like to say, like, you know, Beyonce is still making money off of Destiny's Child, right? Because the consistency of playing that song over and over and over is what people want at that level. McDonald's delivers consistency, right? Like, you may, McDonald's doesn't have great burgers, right? but they have consistent burgers. So like, even if at the stadium level, yours is not like the best thing, but that's okay. As long as it's like consistent and good, like, don't get me wrong, make the best burger you can consistently. Right. Right. And, and so that's where the stadium level comes in different. But like, if you were going to go to a McDonald's person who actually like created the burgers for them, like they're working on a different burger than like the craftsman down at your local burger joint. Right. Because they know that they have to craft a burger for the masses that can be implemented by teenagers all over the world. It's a different mm. burger than like me hand doing the patty. Exactly. Right? And so that's what you got to think about in your one-on-one coaching. It's like you're crafting the patty that's like perfect for them. Like maybe they hate mayonnaise. So you leave the mayonnaise off, right? But McDonald's masses, I mean, you can do that too. But <laughs> right? it's like you get well, the little patty. You know. Exactly. Just, I love McDonald's. But I like McDonald's because I consistently know what I'm getting into, not because it's the best burger. So that's the thing is like, if you're doing one-on-one, try to be the best for that person. But if you're doing big, try to be like great for as many people as possible. Mm. And it just changes. Exactly. That's good. That's a really good approach that you mentioned that you have to think about the person less than yourself so that you can pour out what you have in volume so that when somebody understands you, they can see where you're coming from. Because people buy your story, they don't really buy your product, like you said in the beginning. So that definitely has an impact on it. When you when you think about webinars, because we've also been focusing on along webinars, what is the impact of webinars today compared to one on ones? Well, it's a different sales mechanism. Okay. Right. If I'm having a conversation with you one on one, I can actually lift your objection and overcome it specifically with an example or a story of something that I've done that is similar, you know, or walk you through that, right? Whereas a webinar has to hit all those same points, but in a group setting, right? And so it's like, I can't speak to your specific individual problem, right? but I can speak to the general. So, and that's why webinars work so well is that they hit most of those things for most people. It's like the, the more you go up in scale, the more you're doing the paid advertising, it's like, you know, you, you lose some of those one-on-ones because you have to. Those people, though, it's like, you know, they want to level up, so make sure you have something for them to level up to. And then the more access they get to you and your brain, like, the more they pay, right? Your coaching client should be paying you a pretty hefty sum compared to somebody that's getting an email template from you. Correct. Right? Because they don't get, I mean, they are getting, like, a little piece of your brain, but it's a replicated piece of your brain. 
Creepy. I know it's like some crime investigation. <laughs> right? <laughs> hmm. Okay. People have also been talking about because you mentioned Facebook. People have also been talking about LinkedIn for a minute now. And when you think about business relationships and you think about your digital portfolio, especially now, somebody who has an idea that has a passion, you know, has pain points and has solutions to them. How do they make sure that their digital marketing technique is not overwhelming versus over-delivering? So that's a really tough balance. And so you have to kind of know your person, which, so that's a little bit different than LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and I think that it starts with the human that you're talking to. Mm. Like, where are they in that journey? Um, it's it's actually interesting. This is a problem that I'm solving right now. I'm building a course on list building, email list building. Oh. And um, yeah. And so part of the thing I struggle with is like, okay, well, and I think everybody struggles with this. Like, who is taking this? Are they newbies? In which case, I have got to like explain every detail to you, right? And I have to even sometimes, because a lot of my clients are really new to the online space, and I have to even explain to them like how a... Um, like a domain is different than hosting, like some pretty fundamental things that I've known for like three decades. Right. Right. So, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, what level of information do I need to go down to? And then a lot of them have not even chosen like an autoresponder. Maybe they don't even know that word. They just keep hearing list building. They, they don't even know the vocabulary. Right. Whereas if I'm talking to somebody that's like well-versed, like, and I, and I give them this thing, like I could actually give them the strategy and they can go implement it. Like it's a five minute conversation. Right, because they would immediately understand everything I say. So you have to know where your person is in that. The newer they are, the more handholding they're going to need, and the more like detailed stuff and more workshoppy. In the higher levels, you just basically need to give them key performance indicators and like conversion numbers they're trying to hit, or like some big things, and they know how to do the details. Um, Nice. So that's where it comes back to the person that you're talking to. Now, LinkedIn is great to actually have those conversations, but dear Lord, please do not on any platform, like friend someone and immediately say, like, I know people teach this for organic. So like, Hey, you want to join my Facebook group? It's got a lot of value for you. Like, no, like you, I don't know, like, or trust you at all. Like, don't be hitting me up that way. Right. Um, and now, so what's happened is now people are like, Oh, tell me about your business. I'm like, what do you want from me? <laughs> right. Like that's immediately my response. And like, you know, I, I think like, like in a real life, would you walk up to somebody and be like, hi, I'm, you know, going to this thing over here. You should come with me. Be like, who are you? Are you trying to put me in a van and kill me? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Like, like, no, you wouldn't do that. You might like, you know, introduce yourself, have some thoughts. Have, and like, and like LinkedIn, it makes it so easy. It's like, oh, hey, like you did see first start by commenting on their posts that they publicly put out there. And like when they see your name over and over. So then you're like, oh, like I kind of know this person, right? So then when you hit them up in their inbox, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, I, you know, I kind of know you. But still, build a relationship first. So um, that's a pro tip. I don't even know if you actually noticed you just gave them a pro tip, especially for commenting, whether Facebook groups or LinkedIn posts. That the more you comment and engage with people that you're interested in building businesses with, because you've also done your research on who they are. You can't just go to every Tom, Dick, and Harry and say, hey, you want to join my course? They'll literally give you a blowback that will be like, <laughs> don't ever come my, my my inbox again. And you don't want to be blocked on LinkedIn. That's the last place to be blocked, you know? <laughs> so, or anywhere. Or anywhere. So when you think about building that relationship and that revenue model stream, you understand that there's, there's a lot of things that come into place. So... In terms of what you mentioned, because you, you had a really great point when you talked about the KPIs and having other people that know about what you're talking about and people have no clue between a domain and a host name. I was there before. Everyone has been there once in a point of time. So before getting from that amateur level to that expert level, would you recommend someone having a pre-qualification eligibility process like a quiz or do you do the vetting yourself and then see where they are before they even contact you? Um, well, I guess it depends. So okay. if they're, if I'm doing like a webinar, I try to let them know on the webinar if it's for them or not for them. Right. Okay. Like I like this list building course is actually taking me a long time because I am doing it for like super newbies. 
Mm. And so I have to actually create a lot more content for that. And, um, and so in this, I'm going to say like, Hey, you know, this is new beginner level. I'm going to get really granular, granular on this. Like I'm going to go step by step, really hold your hand. Yeah. So that means that the newbies are going to sign up, but I'm also going to put a little thing there. It's like, Hey, you know, if you are a pro, like I'm going to give you the shortcut, right? So I'm going to design the course to where it'll hit both of those levels. Now I could just skip the pro or I could skip the newbies, right? That's my choice. But what I've been finding is through talking to people and having these conversations and going into these Facebook groups and going into these LinkedIn groups and seeing where people are really struggling, it's that marketing tech is crazy overwhelming. Um, and, and that's true, right? And, you know, obviously I don't struggle with that because I'm super technical and like I can normally, like it's very rare for me to contact a help desk because I understand how tech works. So like when something goes wrong with a software, I generally can figure out why. Right. And so, but that's my superpower, right? So it's like, well, how do I break that down and teach it to other people? But this is the problem. And you know how I know is because people keep reaching out to me for it. Or mm. I see the questions in the Facebook groups. Like just this week, I've had four conversations about what platform to start building on. Like, do you want to use Kajabi or FG funnels or click funnels or like for funnels and, and then for course creation and what about community and like all these different things. And I started like flushing that out for a more general audience using a quiz actually to try to figure out that way. Actually, this is a perfect example. Okay. I keep getting a bunch of questions because people know I'm an expert that I'm seeing a pattern in. So I'm like, okay, how do I systemize that to get it out to a bigger audience where more people can solve the problem without talking to me individually? Right. Right. And so that's where the quiz comes into play. Well, then at the end of that quiz, guess what? Well, if I told you to do this, I mean, this is, this is actually an affiliate marketing play, right? So if I'm going to recommend Kajabi to you, I'm going to do it with my affiliate link. Of course. Right? <laughs> right? Um, and so then, you know, I get the recurring revenue from the Kajabi affiliate, which is amazing. I actually do have Kajabi affiliate revenue because I think for a lot of people, Kajabi is a really good choice, but it's not the right choice for everyone. Right. So. That's a good point you mentioned. Helps. No, it definitely helps because I used to be on Thinkific and I met somebody on Clubhouse Exactly. You're giving me those eyeballs. That's exactly what she did. Her name is Bonnie Frank. She told me favor, please get out. It's like telling someone to get out of GoDaddy. She told me get out of Thinkific and come to Kajabi. And I was like, why? So she gave me all the features and all the benefits. And I've been using it now. It's such an amazing platform. I love it because it's so simple to use. And at the same time, you can build your community without even realizing. So you can connect your websites. You have your blogs. If you have SEO skills, you can be able to optimize them there. It's very good. And that's what I do. But at, at the same time, not everyone knows that. To us, it sounds like, okay, that's our jargon. But to them, it's like, huh? So it's it's a disconnect. But at the same time, they want to understand it. But they also don't want to put that time in to do the work that's usually the problem learn the platforms because here is the truth about any technology it will have flaws just like humans <laughs> just like most things like the good and the bad come together on everything so right. you're gonna have a learning curve and it's gonna have quirks like i love kajabi as a platform but holy moly their builder their page builder is one of the worst out there it so, is that's why i just take them to my website and read them back to the checkout page <laughs> See, exactly. So, right. So, like, and that's, like, I use Kajabi for my membership only because they they have the best membership, or at least they did when I bought it, and now I'm not moving, right? But, and that's the other thing is, like, as these platforms evolve, a better one will come out, and you have to evaluate sometimes if you need to move for different reasons. Um, so, yeah. Exactly. That's a really good insight, Monica. You've definitely given us a lot of tips to take home, especially for the weekend for us to, you know, think about and say, hey, I, I should probably redesign my planning. So if somebody wants to start today, and this is our final question, in terms of consistency, volume, frequency and formatting, how can they really be structural with their planning? Is it video? Should they go to podcasting? Should they go to vlogging? What should they do that is basic enough for them to have a start? Like you mentioned, commenting on Facebook groups. But if somebody sees them and wants to check them out, what are the things that they should be looking out for so that they don't miss the potential client? So the first thing that you should do is optimize your social profiles. And if you have a website, to be crystal clear on who you serve and what outcome you provide for them. 
right? It should not be a question when somebody lands on your profile, right? That, and you know, this sometimes takes time um, because it, so for me, for example, I'm a genius at systems, but I'm a genius at individual systems. Mm. What I had to learn is people don't buy systems, right? So when I would use the word systems, people would just like check out, right? And so what I would say is instead I would be like, um, you know, I free up your time. Well, that's too vague, right? There's like this sweet spot of like um, this thing. So I have actually developed my sales page building and my presentation system into something I call visual velocity. Okay. Right. So now, now it's like it's evolved, right? So it's like I help people create higher conversions using visual velocity. So what that does is like, you're like, well, what's visual velocity? But you kind of know, right? Like it's, you know, it's like kind of obvious if you think about it, but there's also like a lot of skill behind what creates a visual that makes you increase a conversion rate or take an action faster, right? Right. The concept of visual velocity is like a stop sign. You immediately know what to do and you do it. Exactly. Right? Now, as long as you're not breaking the law, but whatever. Right. So like, how do we take that concept and apply it to our marketing? Well, I've been doing it and my conversion rates have been like skyrocketing, right? And which is great. So now like I've honed in on this and like, that's what I'm helping people do. So, um, you would be able to see that in my social profile I was coming soon. Cause I just did it. But right now it's relationship and revenue. It's like, I help people build relationship and revenue. People don't think those things go together. So it's a little bit confusing, right? right. I don't know why they don't think they go together, but a lot of people don't. And I'm like, <laughs> of course they do. Right. Um, and so that's what it's like. I help people build relationships and revenue through email marketing. That's really what I've been doing lately. And then I've evolved that because now I'm doing webinars and all the sales funnels. So you'll evolve, but just make sure that every time you do, your messaging is updated. Then you go into the Facebook groups and you find the pain points and find the pain points that you want to solve and then think about what level you're solving them for. Mm-hmm. So for one-on-one, different you know, than one-to-many actually, right? So one-to-a-few versus that stadium level, right? So what problem are you solving for what level of people and generally don't start at don't start at the stadium level right like you're not there yet probably right <laughs> so, um, right you'll know when it's time to up level to there or when you've got like something dialed in enough that you could create like you know a workbook or a book about it that's when you're stadium levels exactly i like that i really like that wow Definitely, I'm sure somebody's like, how do I get in contact with Monica now? So if, if somebody wants to reach out to you and connect with you, what are the best platforms that you can you know, reach out to them and they can also contact you too? Yes, so my website is monicasnyder.com and that's S-N-Y-D-E-R. And you can also find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those are, and Instagram. That's about where I spend my time. Okay, okay. Do you have anything coming up soon that they should be expecting? Maybe they'll be like, hey, I heard about this that's coming up in March or in May or in, you know, whenever. Yes. So that list building course that I was talking about should be coming out in April. Um, it may be May at this point, though. I'm not going to lie because I did decide to go for those newbies and it's like, whoa, got to take it down lots of levels. So, oh. um, the course creation process has taken me a little bit longer than I planned. Okay. That's okay, though. Okay. I'm going to help those people that are just getting started. Definitely. If there's anybody that is looking for that information, I'll send them your way too. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining the playroom. I really appreciate your time, Monica. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you as well. Anytime. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. All right. Bye. Bye.